Welcome to Oakham Bros. I'm Eric. And I'm Michael. We have a really interesting guest today, uh, Mayan Gordon, TikTok influencer, social media maven. Uh, she really has her stuff together online. Um, and we hope that, uh, you know, we can learn a thing or two and we hope we can share her knowledge and information and her story uh, to our followers and, um, you know, help build our followers as well. I just want to mention one thing. You have the coolest name on planet Earth. <laughs> is, is, is that an alias or that's, you were born with that? No, so it's Hebrew. It means a spring of water. So it's okay. beautiful too. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah, I'm my very wife, blessed. I, just, I was showing you stuff to my wife and she's like, is she Israeli? I'm yes. like, so I'm not Israeli, but I'm very Jewish and Jews are Israeli. So yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so our father was born in Poland. And he oh, yeah, that's where I'm from. Is So my grandmother's whole family is from Poland. Yeah. Our whole family is from Poland. And then our father moved to Israel when he was one years old. So, oh, cool. So I had no idea. So my wife, Sharon, who went to yeshiva and like, oh, yeah. like yeah, she's like. Oh, so she says she's a super Jew. <laughs> I mean, actually, you know, she, she went to yeshiva. She like did Bible studies for her whole youth. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my own Gordon, that, you know, she's she's from uh, Israel or, you know, she's Hebrew. I'm like, I, I'm going to ask, but yeah, no, that's incredible. That is really cool. A small yeah, that world. is cool to hear. Yeah. That's cool to hear that. We're probably related to like a great, 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 great. Probably. Great yeah. <laughs> tribe. Yeah, exactly. Have, yeah. Have you ever been to Israel? Yes. I've been fortunate enough to go more than 10 times in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, so my, my mother, her whole family, except for her moved to Israel, um, right after she started going to college at Brown University, um, they all decided to move. She was, you know, really into science and the U.S. has just really phenomenal universities for science. So she stayed here and uh, has stayed here ever since. But all of my, the rest of that side of the family all lives in Israel. So I visited them all throughout my, my childhood. It's amazing. So why don't we start with, I guess, from the beginning. I know you, you, you're in the glass business, and we know absolutely nothing about that. And I believe you use that to parlay on TikTok, and mm -hmm. I'm assuming led to you to LinkedIn. So why don't you give us the story on, um, on how you started? Yeah, so I started about 10 years ago uh, when I dropped out of college and started doing copywriting full-time. Um, and I was just finding gigs off Craigslist and probably a couple other job uh, boards that I can't remember anymore. Um, and it was really easy, steady work that I was very good at. Um, so I loved it. I didn't think that there was this opportunity that existed before I kind of moved out of my house, um, that you could get jobs from like the internet, that you could just like find work out there. Um, and there were people who needed things done. If you had skills, you could tap into them. And so once I realized that that was the reality of how the world was, um, I really decided that I didn't want to you know, be stuck in the box. Um, I didn't want to work for anyone else. I've always hated following other people's rules. Um, <laughs> even though I love kind of figuring out a system and like understanding and learning from other people's systems and uh, routines and things they've built, I, I love to find stuff out on my own. I love to explore. I love that uh, sense of adventure. And so I did that for about a year and a half until I was in an unfortunate accident with a gas explosion in my house. Oh my and so me, me and my husband, we got, we were like, at the epicenter of the explosion. Um, so we both got burned. We're in the hospital for a little bit, um, emotionally just totally rocked. So weren't working for about a month um, while we were just kind of trying to not fall completely apart. Um, and during that time, I lost kind of all my leads and gigs and connections with the, the copywriting. And so I didn't want to 
continue doing this like job search job. I think what happens when, with a lot of people who are doing freelance, um, whatever it is, freelance work, is that they get a couple good jobs, which incentivizes them to keep doing it. But then, you know, one or two jobs falls off or they need to get more work and they end up spending, you know, I was spending eight hours a week plus just trying to find a job to then make, you know, 15, $20 on uh, for an hour. So that didn't seem like a good system to pursue. So I was like, you know, I want to build my own business because when you are building your own business and you're putting in the effort towards it, it really doesn't dissipate the same way as when you're just searching for a job. Like when you're marketing your product, um, it it's out there. When you do a post online, that post is up forever, so to speak. Um, and so there's just a greater potential I saw in building a business than doing freelance work for someone else. So I built up my first business with my husband uh, called 2K Diffuser Beads, and we sold a smoking accessory to smoke shops and to stoners. Uh, that's when I really got heavy into social media and started using our Instagram account to drive a ton of sales, um, close sales directly through Instagram direct messages. Uh, so realizing that you didn't even need a website or need some other sales um, channel to, to really make a lot of money. And then I pivoted into a graphic design business. Um, and then I pivoted from there into the glass blowing. And I've been doing the glass blowing for the past five years now. So did you, How, did you yes. choose glass blowing? Like, so yeah, so it does seem so random. Um, it's not at, actually at all random for me, I think. So in high school, I took uh, ceramics for four years. Now I know that doesn't really have anything to do with glass, but to specialize in kind of a niche art form, um, develop that love in it for me, and then also allowed me to see that I could increase my skill level very quickly within, let's say, a four-year period, which I think at a young age, it's hard to, I, I certainly had a really hard time um, with the concept of time. So just thinking how long is four years or like how much can I commit to get somewhere I want to be if it's far in the future? Because I think coming out of high school, most of us were under the impression of like, I hate school. I don't ever want to do that again. Like work doesn't sound that great either. And we're just trying to figure out like something that we enjoy. I think most people coming out of high school did not enjoy the, you know, the learning part or the writing part or the active part of high school, like maybe enjoy the social part. But after that, you want it, you're, you're free in the world and you have all these choices and options. Um, and it's hard to figure out what you want to do that makes you happy. So how I got to glass blowing was really just trying to figure out what made me happy. Um, so the first thing was saying, I, being in a job structure where it's nine to five doesn't make me happy. So, okay, I need to do something else. And then, you know, I, I took what skill sets I had. So I've always been very good at writing. Um, and then graphic design is something I've done. So both of those were just skill sets I fell back on that I knew I could make money with. Um, and then I would say the glass blowing came from just connecting, you know, both having that love of art that I knew about and knowing that I could gain skill very quickly um, in the artist world. Um, I connected with a lot of glassblowers through my sticker business. So I was printing up stickers and doing it again through Craigslist. So posting up, you know, my service, so to speak. And I was getting all sorts of people interested, you know, mechanics, flower shops, um, all sorts of random businesses until one day a glassblower hit me up. Again, just randomness. Um, and there's, got no a random, set. there's no random in the universe. <laughs> my there's own. No random, there's, yeah. There are no accidents. I can tell you that right now, but please, I'm sorry for interrupting. Please oh, continue. no, no, I, I agree. Um, and so he got the set of stickers for a trade show. And in the glass, the glass blowing industry is honestly fascinating in terms of business. Like if you're interested in business, 
pay attention to the glassblowing industry because it's an up-and-coming industry that's grown in the past 10 years from let's say less than a million in sales per year to it's doing hundreds of millions um, wow. per year now in sales because yeah, the, the pieces have gotten so expensive. Yeah. Marijuana legalization, um, yeah. you know, Netflix with the uh, blown away show. There's just so many factors contributing to the growth of the industry right now. Mm -hmm. um, and when he went to the trade show, everyone else, like there's, th there's, you know, hundreds, if not a thousand plus artists at these shows. And so mm -hmm. he was talking to all his friends and showing him his stickers. Cause like stickers are something you show off. You're like, look at my cool stickers. Mm -hmm. Um, and so after that, I just had a bunch of glassblower clients and I was essentially making stickers exclusively for the glassblowers at that point. And they kept, they kept being like, my on, you're so artistic. You have you tried out glassblowing? And they pressured me into it. <laughs> um, so I was like, you know, I probably should try this out. Um, see if I enjoy it, especially because at the time I was really starting to not like the sticker business um, in terms of one, the amount of work to the profitability of it. And then two, in terms of like customer appreciation, um, people are super non-appreciative in general of graphic design um, and the amount of work and time and effort you're putting into it compared to like... Yeah, compared to like when I would make a, a glass piece that I thought was garbage and people would be like, that's the most beautiful thing in the world. I was like, I like selling glass way better than I like selling stickers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I just, I pivoted, I took a lesson, bought all the equipment and within that one day switched to full-time glass blowing and just practicing every single day. I was lucky enough to find a artist locally who gave me, well, traded me, traded me a giant box of scraps for um, helping him with his Instagram because I was yeah. very good at Instagram by that point. Right. Um, and so I knew that if I could make, let's say 30 pieces a day and sell all of those 30 pieces, and even if I sold them only for a dollar, that that would be all profit minus my gas expensive expenses, which are very, very low. So I wasn't factoring those in because um, right oxygen and propane last you like one to two weeks typically. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just started these things called dollar auctions on Instagram and they went crazy. They both built up my following really huge because people wanted to talk about like these auctions that no one else was starting an auction for a dollar. Um, like some of the pieces were going for like three, four dollars, but also a bunch of the pieces were going for 10 to 20 dollars. And so I ended up making, you know, between 300 and 700 dollars on a daily basis wow. um, because I was, you know, making all these pieces, posting all these pieces, closing all the transactions, like really, really busting my butt, um, but took advantage of this opportunity. And that's what really led me into the success and opportunities I have today. So, I am absolutely, Eric, I just want to mention something real quick. I wrote a book called The University. All right. And I, I, I'm a very big believer in the law of attraction and self-help. And I did a ton of research on people who were I want to say anti-school, that they, school and them didn't click. Eric over here, I don't know which way we're going to be doing when this is uh, posted, but Eric over here was not a school kid. I got my MBA, I got two degrees, and blah, 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 blah. And if I could tell you that when people follow their passion, um, you're not searching for the money. The money just comes to you. Yes. And what I'm hearing from you is you are a prime candidate of the universe like you you didn't listen to what school did you went against the grain and you followed what was in here and yeah. that's why your success um it shows obviously and you. you know i mean I, I am i'm in love with what you were saying um yeah and i want to point out too yeah. that it's not that it's not that i wasn't good as honestly i was i crushed it at school like i was straight a student i get um, it, it it's, I think it's really important for people to recognize 
when they're enjoying something because they're good at it versus when they're enjoying something because it truly makes them happy. And it, it took me the harsh reality of um, college, really, and the what, what made me realize that I didn't want to be in school was um, I was taking five classes in college, and three of them were very difficult, like OCHEM, calculus, and uh, a biology class. And I was, I was doing fine. I was doing great in them, but then it came time for finals. And I'm someone who, I don't do stuff half-assed. Like, if I can't crush it, like, why should I even bother? (laughs) And I I knew that I wouldn't be able to get A's or even probably B's and A's across all of my classes because I didn't understand it in depth enough. And that made me realize, I was like, if I don't even understand it in depth enough, then why am I studying for, like, getting a grade and understanding something are two totally separate things. Um, And I realized that in college, I'd capped, I'd really like plateaued my level of understanding because there was, it was lecture. Like you really can only learn so much from reading and listening to other people. Um, Mm -hmm. And where the rest of learning comes from is experiencing and, and, and really I think um, conversation, like it's one thing to listen to someone. It's a whole nother thing learning wise to be in a conversation with someone. And, you know, college, there was no conversation, all lecture style classes, I only met with my advisor in three semesters one time. So like really didn't feel I had any help in terms of like guidance or like what, what I heard college was supposed to be. I mean, I spent $40,000, um, you know, a, a year on this place to, for, it, it feels like nothing. Although it was to real, all of it was to realize all of this about myself. Okay. So not yeah. for nothing, incredibly valuable, the most valuable, but I think a lot of people, get stuck in this place of, I enjoy this because I'm good at it. And that's a terrible reason to do something like you are, you're good as a human being at many, many diverse things. And it's so important to find the thing that you're truly passionate about because that passion will allow you to develop a higher level of expertise than almost any other thing that you're interested in. Despite talent, despite talent. This leads me to, you have 1.7 million followers. Last I checked, I don't know if you have more now. On, no, it's about right. I'm, on, I'm getting close to 1.8, but, but still in the 1.7. How, yeah. I mean, that is, you know, like we have nine, at this point, we have 91 subscribers on our YouTube channel. But how many on LinkedIn, Eric? On LinkedIn, on LinkedIn we have seven or 8,000, and that was easier to build. But how, 1.7 million is an enormous number. It is. What, what was, was it the right place, right time? Was it the content? Was, was, did you go? All of that, yes. (laughs) So I think one of the things I'm really learning in business, and again, I've only been in business 10 years, which is a lot of time, but I call, I have this theory of any, any real business that's going to last, let's say 20, 30, 50 plus years requires a 10 year incubation period. Like there is always 10 years of incubation where you're learning things, you're building assets, you're building up resources, and then you really get to start playing the game of business in the fun way that it's, um, I think you really get to play at that high level. And I've been incubating for the t- past 10 years. So yes, I've been actively doing, and because of that doing, I have results and I have things to show for it. But I feel like really all the doing was just to teach. It was all learning. It wasn't really to, to get anything out of it other than a skill set and a depth of knowledge. Um, and the fact that I happen to have the 1.7 million followers just comes from good timing, a bit of luck, and the constant doing, right? So if you think about business and life as um, a roulette table, right? Every action you do is you putting a chip into a number. 
Now, the more actions you do, the more chips you have on the table, the more likely you are to hit your number. Right. Now, if you're not doing as much and you only have one chip at the table at a time, you could never win. Like, honestly, you could never hit your number. Right. Um, that's how, how chance works in, in the universe. And so I think, like you're saying, nothing is really by chance. Um, but there is a large amount of, let's call it randomness in the universe. And that randomness can be tapped into and harnessed much more easily when you are active and aware. And so I've been quite active and quite aware in the past 10 years. And I think that's where my success has come from. So to specifically attribute that to TikTok, what I was aware of is that people get really excited for Halloween. Um, what I was aware of is that glass blowers made pumpkin videos and that there were a lot of pumpkin videos on Instagram that I could repurpose on TikTok. Other things I was aware of is that no one else had been posting about glass blowing on TikTok yet. It was a brand new category. I was the pretty much, the, there might've been one other person, but they didn't have any followers or anything. Um, yeah. So there was, I, I knew that there was a huge opportunity. So being aware of all these things and then actually doing the action of, I'm going to download this and post every day, even though I don't even understand how it works yet. Right. Um, but I'm going to do to learn all those things are what led to my success. Um, and again, a big part of it was that timing before Halloween and me being able to tap into one of the largest, um, attention grabbers on the planet in terms of worldwide attention at any one given time. That's unbelievable. I, I want to just mention that I don't believe in luck. People go, Oh, you're lucky. You're lucky. You're lucky. I believe, and I wrote this in the book, um, opening up as many doors as you can that, you know, when I, when, when I came into my, our, our family's business, um, I literally cold called a thousand people within the first, you know, few yeah. months that, I kept calling, calling, hey, my name is, I'm like, yes. And, and, same for my, for my uh, smoking base. Exactly. Yeah. And people go, well, you, you know, you're just lucky that you had this platform. Yes, our, our father came to this country from Israel penniless, penniless yeah. with nothing. And yeah. he didn't have an education. He believed in, like you, the, the, the meaning of hard work. But he said the point was is that if you're going to do, if you're, if you're going to um, do what you love, the money's going to come and it won't feel like work. Yeah. And he literally bought a car with um, our mom. He bought a limousine and he started hustling the Empire State Building. And our mom was a history teacher out of all things. And she became the first female dispatcher in the limousine industry, the ground travel oh. industry. Fast forward 40 something years, 50 years. And we are one of the largest ground travel operators in the world. Um, yep. Our father did pass away a couple of years ago. I'm sorry to hear that. And I appreciate it. He smoked his whole life. He was doing it his way. He wasn't giving it yep. up. And <laughs> he went out at age 69 with a bang. But I don't know if you believe in mediumship and everything, but we've heard from him. He's fine. Everything's great. Yep. But, um, you know, he always said that luck is bullshit. It's not yep. about luck. It's about opening every door you can um, and then getting that one thing. Um, I want yes. to give you a head. I'm, so I'm a writer. I'm a, I, I write novels. I write books because at night when the wife and kids go to sleep, I have nothing else to do. So I write. Yep. And um, I enjoy, I never thought of it as anything more than just like it's therapy. I'm telling stories and yeah. fast forward all this stuff. And I don't want to waste too much time. Um, I have an agent. I have a manager. I have a lit agent. Um, I have meeting after meeting about taking my books and turning them into movies. I'm speaking yeah. with a, um, a screenwriter tomorrow who just uh, an award-winning screenwriter, massive, massive award. Wow, that's so cool. Who's turning my book Monsterland into a script and they're going to go and sell it to a studio. And people tell, oh man, you're so lucky. And it's like, yeah. 
dudes, you don't understand. I was just writing and networking with people. Hey, what do you do? Do you want to read my book? Our mom became my publicist, my manager, and she's putting, you know, my books everywhere. And it's literally, I I like to call it the universe, like will reward you if you put yourself out there. Um, Yeah. And and like you said, it only takes one person, one thing, typically one person, but you've never heard of. That yeah. you've never heard of, you've never met, and that person will li- literally level up your career. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So now moving on to LinkedIn, you have, I, I see you do consulting and, and those types of services on LinkedIn. How do you help business owners on on LinkedIn now? Yeah, so typically how I help most people on LinkedIn is through personal brand building. So um, with most businesses, they're starting to realize that it would really help a lot if someone at their company was a personality or face for their company, or if people knew who worked at their company, not just what their company was and what their company did. Um, And LinkedIn is right now the absolute best place for personal branding for people in the business world. Um, The reason for that is you can position yourself as an expert while providing value and making high-level connections all at the same time and with the same kind of actions and efforts. Um, So how... How I help people is always through Zoom, Zoom video, kind of like this. Um, typically, it's done, you know, like one or one and a half hours at a time. Um, and it centers around, honestly, understanding what makes someone an expert or a perceived expert. It's not even what makes you an expert. There's a difference between being an expert and being perceived in it as an expert. And many, many people on LinkedIn are experts, but don't have any perceived expertise in the larger business world because they haven't done the brand building things that they need to do. So it it essentially revolves around understanding how people think, like psychology, um, you know, understanding how people behave emotionally when they're engaging with content through social media, through LinkedIn, um, and then also different strategies around how to connect with and reach people who are typically hard to reach. So that tends to be a very kind of common goal of, of a lot of business owners um, or businesses on LinkedIn is, you know, I have this target audience, but I, they're not on TikTok. They're not on Instagram. Like, how do I, how do I market to them? How do I build my brand name when I don't know how to connect with them or, or reach them in a meaningful capacity? And so that's, that's what it all centers around. Um, I think through Instagram, I was really fortunate to, have just tens of thousands of customer conversations and interactions that allowed me from that depth of data to really see patterns in how people think, how people respond to different types of messaging. Um, And then think about, I've always been fascinated, just like, why? Why why do people respond that way? Like, what made them respond that way to this sentence versus this way to a different sentence? Um, And that, I've just, like you said, I have a love and a fascination for the human mind um, and how it operates because it's so complicated, it's so um, perceptive, yet at the same time, it requires so much awareness to use. So, right, it's this amazing machine, but like like any amazing complicated machine, if you don't know how to use it, it's almost useless. That's um, Anthony Robbins. That's Tony Robbins 101. That you have nice. a brain and it's like a computer. Yes. Have you read The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Joseph No, Martin? I haven't read hardly any, um, I would say, uh, uh, self-improvement or personal growth books because I listen to podcasts much more than I mm-hmm. 
than so I read. I wanted to ask that, what are your inspirations? You know, like, you don't, you don't, not everybody comes out of the box knowing these things. Right. So what has your influences been? Yeah, so my major influences have always been, um, I would say, my own imagination developed through fiction reading. So not through, I think, I, honestly, I personally get so much more out of reading a fiction book than I do a nonfiction book. Even if that really? nonfiction book is filled, filled with like useful advice, right, um, right. there's something special about increasing the power of your imagination and creativity. That's where mm -hmm. like entrepreneurship, that's where creating products, creating services that really help people. Um, that's where that comes from is from imagination. And so when I'm able, and because I'm so much in an analytical world with, you know, thinking about, okay, here's the views, here's, you know, connecting with this person, here's what I need to write. Those are very analytical thought processes versus when you read and it's fiction, it's a totally different part of your brain that you're tapping into um, right. that you're not used to using as much and requires more active control to use it um, purposefully. So imagination, usually most people will experience it like, oh, I got a good idea. Or like, oh, this really cool thing came to me. And that's usually how we use imagination. But I think if you read enough fiction and immerse yourself in that world of, of imagination, that it's something you can learn to control. And when you need to solve a problem, you can tap into it and come up with amazingly better solutions. Um, and so that's what I love about, about reading has been one of my biggest, um, in terms of, for my childhood, I don't actively read that much anymore. Number two would be observational research. So I love, love, love to observe people in real life. Um, that's part of why I love to travel so much is when I travel, I go do my work at, at coffee shops and I get to see so many people and how they behave and what they're doing. And it's incredibly fascinating and it completely translates through digital space. It's amazing having okay. that, um, that point of view from an artist, you know, yeah. because we, we, you know, we don't really deal with a lot of artists when we, in our day to day, you know, we deal with business people and, you know, uh, people that are corporate and stuff like that. And then having you say something where your inspiration is your imagination. That's amazing because, Thank you. because, because you don't always think of using that. Right. As, as your as your inspiration, you know it's very easy to say, oh, you know, I love Joe Rogan, I love Wallace Waddles, I love Tony Robbins, I love all those things. But but no, you know, embrace who you are inside your head. And um, yeah, and here's a, a cool little um, analogy to that that I think a lot of people would be able to relate to is if you've ever, especially when you were younger, when you read books and then they came out on movie. The movie was never as good as oh my the imagination God. and the picture that you had yes. in your own head. Yes. And that's for me what I fell in love with. I'm like, my imagination creates better shit than anyone else can create. Yes. Like yes. even even the coolest movie is not nothing to compare to like what I can see in my own head. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I fell in love with from a very early age and I think has been a big driving force for me creating things or finding finding what works for me. That's amazing. I think with that, you, you have another meeting now. So do you have to run? I do have to run now. Yeah, unfortunately. I'd love to, honestly, I'd love to talk to you guys all day about this. It's awesome. Well, listen, you know, we're, we're you're always welcome on. We can have yeah. a part awesome. two. We can have a part yes. two whenever you're ready. And Absolutely. Uh, when we have a little bit more time, everybody check. Tell everyone, tell everyone where, you, where we can find you, Mayan. 
Yeah, so of course, LinkedIn, you can find me, uh, M-A-A-Y-A-N, last name G-O-R-D-O-N, and then TikTok, I'm World of Glass. I also have another TikTok, um, Joy of Food, if you like desserts, definitely check it out. And then Instagram, I'm Monkey Boy Art and Monkey Boy Glass. You are amazing. I want to talk to you a lot more, so I, I feel like there's a part two to this podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on, and you know... I, th this was great. You, you got it. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. It's working. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate like, it. like, subscribe, and share, everyone. And uh, peace out. Peace out, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.